It's Thanksgiving week, right? How many of you are getting together with family this year and you weren't able to last year for Thanksgiving? How many of you see hands, all right? Not awesome to be able to think about that coming up, all right? How many of you are traveling more than an hour somewhere to go for Thanksgiving this year? All right, a few of you. How many of you are traveling to your recliner and that's all you're traveling to? Let me see. I see some hands out there. All right, that's great. All right. Now we're going to get into a controversial topic. I saw this map this week um, that I think could raise some controversy. You might see this map. I know you can't really read it that great. But at the top it says most popular Thanksgiving sides by state. I didn't like the one that's ours. Now, some of you do. It's your favorite, but some of you do. It says that Tennessee's most popular Thanksgiving side is sweet potato casserole. I don't know who does these surveys. I actually saw two maps. I like the other map better because it said hash brown casserole, but I couldn't find it this morning. So here's what we're going to do just to have a little fun this morning, Thanksgiving week. We're going to vote in this place about our favorite Thanksgiving side dishes. All right. All right. So here we go. I've got a list. And some of you, yours is not going to be on the list. I'm sorry. I made the list. All right. My, my favorite, one of my favorites is not on the list because somebody told me it's not even Thanksgiving food. Deviled eggs are good any time of year. All right. Can I get an amen in the house of the Lord? I got you. Thank you. All right. So here are our six contenders and you only get one vote. And I'm going to ask you to raise your hand. We're a Baptist church. We're going to exercise that arm a little bit. And so we got hash brown casserole, sweet potato casserole, lots of casseroles. You notice that? Mashed potatoes, green bean casserole, cream corn. I got a hallelujah on the cream corn. And mac and cheese. All right. So here we go. We're going to vote. Are you ready? All right. right. Turkey is not a side dish. I heard turkey somewhere over here. It's turkey, ham, and dressing we're going to go with is great. If stuffing made the list... I was leaving today. All right, so dressing it is. All right, so here we go. How many hash brown casserole? That's it on this list of six. Oh, all right, I'm going to act like I count. not really counting. All right, sweet potato casserole. Let me see. Whoa. Disappointed right now in my own congregation. Well, mashed potatoes. How many of you are mashed potatoes, people? Oh, we got some mashed potatoes. I see that. That's close, close. All right. What about some green bean casserole? We got, we got two, three, four, five, and they're enthusiastic about it. I saw that. What about cream corn? We got one. We got two. We got three. But only if it's and cream corn, right, Charles? That's right. All right. I know Charles. All right. What about mac and cheese? We got any mac and, look at that. Look at this section over here. (laughs) That's the, now, we all understand that that's Kraft macaroni and cheese, right? That's the way we all understand. None of that panko breadcrumbs on top of any of that, all right? All right, I'm going to try to bring this all back together now. It's a season, it's the best eating holiday. Can we all agree on that? Singular day, it's the best eating holiday. I'm looking forward to it, but I'm really looking forward to being with family. We didn't get to be together last year. We actually had some people with COVID last year around Thanksgiving, and Thanksgiving is the one event in our family when we all get together still. 
or at least attempt to. So I'm looking forward to that. And it is a time for us to stop and give thanks. Today we're going to look at a psalm that reminds us of the reason we give thanks. And as we do that, I just want to look at a couple of things for us to think about this week as we prepare for Thanksgiving. Psalm 124 is where we're going to be. It's a psalm of ascent, of ascending, of going up. It's a group of psalms right here in the middle of the Psalter, right in the middle of the book of Psalms, that takes and shows what the pilgrims going to Jerusalem for festival, for Passover, would have sung on their way. And it's a mixed bag of different things. There's the psalm just before this is a cry out to the Lord for mercy. The psalm after this is talking about the hope that we find in Christ or in God and how he will bless us. And this one in particular gives us the reason that we give thanks. And it's almost like a what if moment for David. You ever had those thoughts in your mind? What if things went differently? What if something changed? Marvel Studios recently did a cartoon version of that on Disney Plus that was based on a comic book series about what would have happened if one little thing had changed in one of their stories. But it wasn't original with them, right? There have been what-if movies before. Perhaps the most famous what-if movie around is one that will start getting played on loops in some houses in the next week. When a man finds himself at the end of his rope and basically says, I wish I was never born, and he is shown what would happen if that had been the case. It's a Wonderful Life is a movie that reminds us that every decision and every person makes a difference on this earth. We have all those what-if moments in our lives. Think back on my life making a decision about where to go to college. I was determined not to go to Union University. It was too close to home. I didn't want to do that. I was going to Samford. That's where I was going. And the Lord intervened in my life, and I went to Union. But I think, how different would my life have been if I had not? Probably wouldn't have the family I have because Susan and I would not have met like we did at Union. The connections I made there would not have led me down the path to where I am now. There was a moment when I was pastoring in Ripley, Tennessee, when I was going to go back and get my Ph.D., and before they did cohort and online and commuting kind of things, I was going to move to New Orleans. I had a lot of it already in place. And my professor that I was going to study with took a church in Denver, ironically enough, and that stopped our discussion of going to New Orleans about six months before Katrina hit. And it would have been a completely different life. We all have those what-if moments. And David, in Psalm 124, is going to give us that for the nation of Israel. He says in Psalm 124, a song of ascent of David, If the Lord had not been on our side, let Israel say, If the Lord had not been on our side when people attacked us, then they would have swallowed us alive in their burning anger against us. Then the water would have engulfed us, the torrent would have swept over us. The raging water would have swept over us. Blessed be the Lord who has not let us be ripped apart by their teeth. We have escaped like a bird from the hunter's net. The net is torn and we have escaped. Our help is in the name of the Lord, the maker of heaven and earth. 
How do we celebrate Thanksgiving this week? We do it in two ways that are reminded to us by Psalm 124. And the first is this. We recognize the difference God makes in your life. I love the way this first part goes. David says, basically, what if the Lord had not been with us? What if the Lord had not been on our side? Then he says, hey, let Israel say it. It's it's there for repetition, but it's important because the message there is literally, hey, wait, wait a minute. Let's all sing this together. In fact, the message paraphrased by Eugene Peterson, I love how he says it. It says, what if the Lord had not been on our side? Then he says, all together now, Israel, let's proclaim, what if God hadn't been with us? What's also interesting is the word there for on our side, what if God had not been on our side, is a form of the word that would later be used to describe God with us. It is basically, what if God wasn't with us? When I think about the name of Jesus, Emmanuel, that you will hear again and again in the weeks ahead, it is basically God with us. And David says, what if he wasn't? The key word there is if. Because he describes what God did for them. There's some discussion about what this is. There's an obvious picture of kind of three different things. One is being swallowed by a massive animal. Another is a flood happening. And then there's being caught by someone who hunts. But I think verse 4 gives us an idea of something that's being in the back of his mind for David. It says, and the water would have engulfed us, the torrent would have swept over us, the raging water would have swept us. This is after he says, they would have swallowed us alive, those that were against us. And I think what is happening here is, David is particularly reminding the Israelites of a Passover event. You remember the Passover, right? Moses, Charlton Heston, Ten Commandments, all that. I put the blood over the doorpost. The death angel comes by. He saves the Israelites. They leave. And most people would think that the story would end with Pharaoh saying, Hey, get out of here. I don't want to see you again. We've had enough damage. Go. But that's not where the story ends, is it? You know this. Not long after they left, what does Pharaoh do? He says, What have I done? i got to go after them. And so he goes after him with his full army, and Moses and the people of Israel find themselves standing next to a raging river with the most powerful army in the world coming. And David says, if the Lord was not with us, we would have been swallowed by the army or the sea. He's reminding them of the most important moment until that point in the history of Israel. And basically he says, if the Lord wasn't with us, we would not be here. Where would you be without the Lord? I'll tell you where this idea for this uh, message really came from. I'd struggled for a while. I'd planned out the entire year except for this Sunday for a long time. And I just couldn't get my mind around why that was. And I was searching for it and I couldn't get it. And I went to the Gillisville Ministerial Alliance meeting a couple of weeks ago now. We were there making sure all the plans were in place for tonight. And, and we, we, they meet once a month. And as much as I'm able, I try to go. And it's an encouraging time. And we were sitting 
Uh, this particular meeting, it, tra- it rotates around churches, was at the Good Goodlesville Nazarene Church at Good Naz. And I was sitting there at a table with uh, somebody from the city, uh, members of Good Naz, a pastor from Parkway, a Connell representative, across the table from somebody from New Heights Church and multiple churches within town. And as we were there, Philip Smith, who is leading, he is the president currently of the organization, said, I just want to read a psalm and then we're going to take a moment to talk about it. So he read Psalm 124 and he said, if it wasn't for the Lord on our side, let me say, what would have happened? And we just went around the room and talked about how our lives would be different if the Lord wasn't with us. I was overwhelmed in that moment. People who had overcome drug addictions that are now pastoring churches. People who had seen miraculous healings of physical ailments. People that had seen miraculous healings of emotional ailments. People that just talked about what would seem like ordinary things. Strength to be able to make it through the day. Wisdom on how to parent in a generation that is so difficult to parent. Wisdom about how to live life as we're growing older in our lives. All of these things people began to say. It's from the what would seem like miraculous to the mundane. And yet every single one of them was true. Y'all know our story. Some of you do. Not all of you do. But when it got to my point, one of the times, one of the things that I shared is that if it were not for the Lord, we wouldn't have the family that we have. Doctors had told us, many of you know this, that we had 0% chance to have children. Zero. Not 0.2, not 0.001, zero. And yet the Lord laughs at those kind of odds. We have a, it's fun, Eli's home for Thanksgiving week. We're all six of us were in the house again last night, and we were, were grateful for that. But if it had not been for the Lord, that would not have been the case. What's your story with that? Where has the Lord blessed you? Where has the Lord protected you? Where has the Lord saved you? David was calling Israel to remember and recognize the difference that God makes in our lives. To look up around what is happening in our circumstances and to think about the good things that God has given us. Psalm 121, just a couple of chapters before this says, I look up. Where does my help come from? My help comes from the Lord, maker of heaven and earth. It's interesting because Psalm 121 and Psalm 124 connected by that phrase, the maker of heaven and earth. It's mentioned three times in the Psalms of Ascent and twice here in just a couple of chapters. But the idea is he is Lord and creator and maker of all and I can trust him with whatever's coming into my life. Psalm 46 says, God is our refuge and strength and ever-present help in times of trouble. We need to live in this reality and this understanding that none of us in this earth, none of us in our lives are self-made individuals. We live in a country that likes to praise those that pull themselves up on their own, that are self-made people. But the truth is, without God, none of us would do anything. Reminded me of a story I've heard before about a time when Muhammad Ali was on a plane. He was flying and he didn't have his seatbelt on and the flight attendant came by and said, Sir, I'm going to need you to put your seatbelt on. And he said, Superman don't need no seatbelt. 
And the flight attendant said, Superman don't need no airplane either. Right? Like, we all like to think we've made it on our own, but from where did that ability come? It came from the Lord. What if the Lord had not been on our side? Sometimes people get caught up in that phrase, on our side, and they want to make it into a discussion. How do we know if God's really on our side? Well, for the Israelites, this wasn't a description of, is he on my side and not your side? It simply was, if you look at the original language, what if God was not with us, for us, around us, in the midst of us? Can I give you a one-word answer to the question, what if God were not with us? I can give you one word for your life, and that is without God, you would be lost. Lost. Over the last few weeks, we have been, on Wednesday night, walking through the book of Ephesians. And I I just want to read to you a, a passage in Ephesians that was... It's always been especially meaningful, but in this study of it in recent weeks, it's just become even more meaningful to me. It's Ephesians chapter 2, starting in verse 1, and it says, And you, that's us, y'all, that's us collectively, and this is you as an individual, were dead in your trespasses and sins. Not sick, not ailing, you were dead. In which you previously walked according to the ways of this world, according to the ruler of the power of the air, the spirit now working in the disobedient. We too all previously lived among them in our fleshly desires, carrying out the inclinations of our flesh and thoughts, and we were by nature children under wrath as the others were also. It is a despicable picture of who we were. Dead, controlled by an evil spirit, living according to the rules of the power of the air, giving into our fleshly desires at every moment, carrying out everything that our flesh wanted to do, and that we were by nature under wrath. That's who we are without Christ. Verse 4. But God. Some of the sweetest words in the English language. But God, who is rich in mercy because of His great love that He had for us, made us alive with Christ even though we were dead in trespasses. You are saved by grace. Without the Lord with us, we would be lost, unsaved, apart from God, destined for eternity, separated from Him, under wrath. But God... Rich in mercy, saved us. Let me just say, if you're here today and you're not a believer in Jesus Christ, you've never accepted him as your Savior, you've never allowed yourself to surrender to the Lordship of Jesus in your life, you may be able to accomplish some things that seem of earthly value here, and you may, because of God-given abilities, be able to make some headway on this earth. But ultimately, without God, you are lost. David wants the people of Israel to realize without God, we're not here. But he also wants them to realize that if God is for us, who can be against us? He protects us from danger. He rescues us when we're trapped. 
He gives us all that we need. Notice his protection in Psalm 124. I mean, he talked about all that would have happened. But he says in verse 6, Blessed be the Lord who has not let us be ripped apart by their teeth. We have escaped like a bird from the hunter's net. The net is torn and we have escaped. The picture here literally is of a hopeless situation where we don't know how we're going to escape. And yet somehow the Lord provides a way. God's protection is promised for his people. That doesn't mean that we won't won't have difficult moments. In fact, this, this psalm gives a picture of very difficult moments, of real danger, of real problems, of real hardships. What he's saying is in the midst of that, again, I will be with you. Isaiah 43, 2, when you pass through the waters, they will not sweep over you. When you walk through the fire, you will not be burned. Psalm 128, verses 7 and 8 say, the Lord will keep you from all harm. He will watch over your life. The Lord will watch over your coming and going both now and forevermore. He watches over us. He provides a way for us when we're trapped. I don't know if you've ever had one of those moments when you've just felt trapped. Maybe physically trapped. Maybe you've been in a place, you've been cornered, or you've had something happen. Maybe financially trapped, like you don't know how you're going to get out of this situation. Maybe just emotionally trapped. The people of Israel here are speaking specifically about the moment that they were trapped between the armies of Egypt and the waters of the Red Sea. With no way for escape. And yet the Lord provided a way. We know the Lord's going to make a way. We don't know how. We don't know when. We don't know what it will look like. But because we are followers of Jesus Christ, He has promised us that we will have a way. He even tells us that when temptation comes upon us and it thinks that we, we think it is overbearing, that He will provide a way. First Corinthians 10.13 it doesn't say that he won't tempt us beyond. He says that in the temptation that we have, we will be given a way that he will provide for us. If the Lord had not been on our side, let Israel proclaim, if the Lord had not been on our side, when people attacked, they would have overwhelmed us. The water would have engulfed us. The raging water would have swept over us. We would have been devoured by their teeth, but yet we have escaped like a bird from the hunter's nest. Praise be to God. So how are we going to celebrate Thanksgiving this week? The first thing is we're going to recognize the reality of the importance and the difference that God makes in our life. And here's the second thing. We're going to share the difference God makes in our lives. It's easy sometimes to recognize it and to think about it and to put ourselves in that place and say, absolutely, this is good. And I recognize what God is doing and I'm excited about what God is doing and I look forward uh, to how God is going to bless. It's another thing to share that. That's what verse 8 is. I want you to get this picture again. That these are pilgrims coming from various places throughout 
the Middle East, the Near East at that time, as they're walking towards Jerusalem. These are people that are heading towards festival. They're going to something like Thanksgiving. They're traveling together. This is, if you will, their car riding games. Y'all, y'all have games that you... Well, now kids just play on their phone. But do y'all remember before that? I mean, remember riding long trips before there were phones or DVD players in the car? And you had to play the license plate game or the don't touch your brother game or whatever. Make a physical barrier in the line game, whatever was there, right? Well, the, the pilgrims are going and they're traveling. And as they're traveling, they're singing these songs. Some people think they would sing them over and over, day after day. Psalm 120 and following. And they would sing them in the same order all the time, going up to Jerusalem. And when they got to this one... They would declare what God had done in their lives and the difference that he would make. And they would get to verse 8 in our Bibles. Now, they didn't have verses lined on their Bible. They were just singing a song. And I can imagine the crescendo that is building as you come out of Psalm 123 when they're asking the Lord for mercy and asking when it's going to come. And in Psalm 124, it is, it is here. He has saved us. Don't forget what God has done for us. Then you get to verse 8, and as it builds and it builds and it builds, that they declare at the top of their voices, Our help is in the name of the Lord, our Maker of heaven and earth. They are declaring the goodness and the greatness of God. Part of that comes from acknowledging in a public way what it is that God has done for us. Psalm 115, not to us, O Lord, not to us, but to your name be the glory. And part of that is specifically telling people about the good things that God has done in our lives. In Mark chapter 5, there was a man possessed by demons and Jesus heals him and he wants to follow Jesus. You may remember this story. He wants to follow Jesus, wants to go with him. And Jesus says, no, 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 that's not what I need you to do. What he tells him to do, he says, go home to your family and tell them how much the Lord has done for you and how he has had mercy on you. Share what the Lord has done. Acknowledge the goodness in your life, the salvation from sin and death, the blessings that he has given us that we do not deserve in any way and declare that amongst your family. Some of you are going to see family this week that you haven't seen in a long time. You're going to gather around a table with people that have been through the most difficult year and a half we can imagine. And one of the things that they eat around that dinner table is not only everyone's political ideals that is not going to bring any kind of unity in the place. They need to hear how good God has been to you and to your family. And not just in grace before you eat. In testimonies of your life. Recognize the difference that God has made. And then declare it to those that are around you. Our help is in the name of the Lord, the maker of heaven and earth. Because the Lord is with us. He is on our side. 
I want to ask you to do something this week as you're thinking about that. I want to ask you to take these two things and make an immediate application. I'd love for you to do it with your family this week or your coworkers this week, but I'd love to hear from you. I'd love to just collect some stories about how you would answer the question, if the Lord had not been on my side then. And I'd love to hear your story. I want you to email it to me, pastor at fbcgillitsville.com, and let me know. You can put that as the, as the subject, if the Lord had not been with me. But if you don't want to spoil it in the subject and write it in the message, that's fine too. But I'd love to gather some stories from us as a church about the way the Lord has changed us and blessed us. My real prayer for you, though, is that you'll live every day of your life with gratitude to Him because of what He's done. Amen? Let's pray together. Heavenly Father, we are grateful. That word is used a lot in this week, but Lord, we are truly grateful for who You are and what You have done. Lord, if You had not been with us, Lord, we would be lost, hopeless, without a way. And yet, Lord, You have made a way. You have provided us with all that we need to thrive and to live. You have sent Your Son to save us from our sins. And for all of that, Lord, we give You praise. I pray this week, as we travel from this place in various directions, Lord, that You would give us opportunities to declare Your goodness wherever we are. And to remember what our lives would have been like if you hadn't been with us. I pray in this moment, if there are those here that have never accepted you as their Lord and Savior, that this morning would be that time, Lord, that you would convict them, make them uncomfortable, where they would need, understand their need to do that. We pray, Lord, that in this moment, Lord, if there are those that need to come and find you and be saved, Lord, that you would give them the courage just to step out and to come. We pray all this in Jesus' name. Amen.